Hello, you beautiful soul. Welcome to the Beauty and the Biohacker podcast. I'm your co-host, Rachel Varga, the beauty side of Beauty and the Biohacker. If you would like to pick my brain as to all the wonderful ways that we can optimize your skin and rejuvenation journey, book your one-on-one with me. If you would like to work with Katie to optimize your sleep and biohacking journey, book a one-on-one with Katie. You can learn more about booking with us in the show notes of this episode or head on over to beautyandthebiohacker.com and you can find our one-on-one booking links there. Be sure to use promo code BB15 for 15% off of your one-on-one session with Katie or I. Enjoy today's episode. Welcome to Beauty and the Biohacker, where we explore the latest tools and trends in self-care, aesthetics, and peak performance to help you live your most beautiful life from the inside out. I'm your co-host, Rachel Varga, a board-certified aesthetic nurse specialist since 2011 with over 19,000 rejuvenation treatments performed on thousands of patients. And I'm Katie Moore, a self-proclaimed biohacker with three years of self-experimenting in the space of health and wellness technology. I'm on a mission to help you achieve success without sacrificing your health or happiness through my YouTube channel, Katie Type A. So join us as we sit down with some of the biggest innovators in the health space, the movers and shakers of the wellness world, and unpack some of the biggest secrets in the skincare and longevity space. We are Beauty and the Biohacker, and we're thrilled to have you along for the ride. Welcome everyone to today's episode here on the Beauty and the Biohacker podcast. We are going to be discussing overcoming fatigue and be sure to hit the subscribe button here on the podcast and share this episode and hit the bell and like button on YouTube. Feel free to reach out to Katie and I at beautyandthebiohacker.com. I'd love to share with you a little bit about today's guest. We have Dr. Evan Hirsch joining us here today. Uh, He's a medical doctor and is a world-renowned fatigue expert and is the founder and CEO of the International Center for Fatigue. Through his best-selling book, podcast, and international online programs, he has helped thousands of people around the world resolve their fatigue and long hauler symptoms naturally and is on a mission to help 1 million more. He has been featured on television, podcasts, and summits. And when he's not in the office, you can find him singing musicals, dancing, and playing basketball with his beautiful family. Welcome, Dr. Evan Hirsch. It's great to have you on the show. How are you today? I am well. Rachel, Katie, thanks so much for having me on. We're delighted. And I just, for anybody who is tuning in on the podcast and and just audio, he actually has a huge sign behind him that says one word and that word is laugh. And uh, that it definitely resonates with me. And it's just, it's really nice to kind of sometimes see that visually. So thank you for that reminder. (laughs) Absolutely. Yes. It's such an important one for all of us. Yeah. And now obviously like we're going to be talking about stuff that isn't necessarily a laughing matter, but I think it's always good to keep things in perspective. But um, I, I want to kick things off with, you know, I know you're kind of a biohacker, maybe a little bit more of like a closed door biohacker where, you know, <laughs> closet, <laughs> closet biohacker. But uh, I think it's very relevant because I think a lot of people end up finding their way into biohacking for stuff like chronic fatigue syndrome. Um, I I talk to a lot of people uh, who have issues with fatigue or just feeling a lack of motivation and using biohacking tools to help them kind of get past that. So I would love to know 
from you personally, like what are some of your favorite tools biohacking wise that you use daily to help you with kind of overcoming fatigue or helping your clients? And maybe you can mention some things specifically, like I'd love to know if you use red light. I'd love to kind of know if you use sauna, ice bath, that kind of stuff. Absolutely. And so whenever we talk about biohacking, I think one of the important distinctions or what's important for people to recognize is that you're going to be more successful with biohacking when you actually know what causes of dysfunction you have, right? So saunas and red light and all these sorts of things can be really great, but if if you don't know what you're treating, then you're going to be less successful, right? If you don't have a, a somewhat a B12 deficiency, taking B12 doesn't help, right? So for me, some of the biohacking that I do, so I do have an aura ring, and I think that actually your um, evaluation of it on YouTube was really helpful for me in in uh, purchasing it. So thank you for that, Katie. I don't um, know if you saw my follow up, but. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> you might want to check that one out too. Um, yeah, I uh, there, there's a lot that is changing in the space. And so, you know, I think it's always important to remember what kind of worked for you at one point. You know, it's, it, it's important that, you know, kind of gathering that data and understanding, you know, exactly why you're using it. Do I necessarily need to have an aura ring on every single night now? Like, no, you know, and so you kind of like move through these circles of biohacking, which is, you know, I think really important to remember and probably something that you keep in mind when you're talking about people who are dealing with fatigue stuff, because it's like what might serve you one day to help you through some of your fatigue syndrome. Like once you're past that, you might not necessarily need them anymore. Right. Mm hmm. Anyway, I digress. Keep going. Very true. Yes. And then, you know, there's things like um, Bluetooth, you know, that you may want to turn off on the aura ring and whatnot. Um, but if you're looking for data, this is one of the ways to get it. I have found it to be really helpful, you know, for my sleep. Um, there were certain ahas that I had where, you know, I was sleeping eight hours, but I wasn't getting high quality sleep, you know. And so then it's kind of like, OK, well, let's figure out why that's the case. And then I could dive into um, figuring that out. So bio. Um, so the uh, aura ring has been helpful. I am actually excited about the next generation. I'm not going to talk about the aura ring all day, but the next generation, which is going to be able to calculate a number of things, including your heart rate during the day, especially because of something called the pulse test that I'm really excited to see whether or not this is going to be helpful with. So when you, and this is, can be used for a number of different things. It's kind of like an applied kinesiology technique where your pulse will change when you are um, affected by something that's negative. And so, for example, if you are consuming a food that you're not supposed to consume, your pulse will increase, right? So it's going to be really interesting, at least for me and for some of the people that I work with who are going to upgrade to the new Aura Ring to see whether or not um, they are it's sensitive enough to pick that up, you know? So that's, that's some interesting data as well. Um, but we're big fans of sauna. I have a sauna in my bedroom and it's something that I use multiple times a week. My wife uses pretty much every day and it was a big reason why she got over her chronic fatigue 20 years ago. Um, vibration plate is something that's uh, that we use as well as rebounders and so for to get the lymph moving you know the lymph is the only part of the only system in the body that doesn't have its own pump and so that can be really helpful and my wife actually had ACL reconstruction a couple of months ago and so she got the vibration plate it was gifted her to her for a different reason 
I think, from her mom. But it ended up, turns out that there's actually some good research on it for recovery from certain surgeries. Um, and so it's just kind of, it's a little bit of hormesis where you're stressing the organism in a certain way and then you're getting greater healing because of it. So that's one of the things um, that we use as well. Uh, we do use foot baths once a week. And, you know, all of these things really have to be dosed specifically for the individual. You know, if you feel worse doing any of these, you need to look at how frequently you're doing it and how much time you're doing it for, right? So if you if you feel worse, you wanna decrease the length of time and you wanna decrease the frequency. So maybe you do it every couple of days for 15 minutes instead of 30 minutes every day, right? And so the foot baths we're doing like generally once a week, which also can be really helpful for detoxing uh, heavy metals, chemicals, and a little bit of molds. And we do have a red light, but we haven't set it up yet. So that's something that we need to do. I do know that that'll increase mitochondrial function. Speaking of mitochondrial function, I'd love, you know, like do you, when you're, cause I know Dave Asprey talks a lot about this and how, when you are able to kind of boost ATP, which, you know, helps powerhouse your mitochondria, uh, you know, and inevitably leads to more energy throughout all organs and cells in your body. Are you, when you're looking at specific devices, are you kind of like looking in, in that framework for, for energy boosting in that, in that way? Yes. And yes, in yes. And, and once again, it comes back to the causes. So if somebody, and what I found is that everybody who has chronic fatigue and long haulers has uh, adrenal gland dysfunction, and mitochondrial dysfunction. So everybody and and most people on the planet, unfortunately, because so many of the toxicities that we're exposed to on a regular basis actually end up damaging those two things, right? And when we get into the causes, we'll get more into detail on that. But yes, I definitely look at it for that. You know, the sauna, we're looking more at like detoxification, you know, and removing toxins out of the body. Um, With the red light, it's more mitochondrial function. With cold water, um, hydrotherapy, stuff like that. So after I take a hot shower, then I turn it on cold and I put it on my head until I can't really tolerate it anymore. Um, and so that's, that's really great for boosting the mitochondria as well. Those are the main ones that I'm using today. There might be some I'm missing. I, you know, I think it's inter- it's an interesting term, biohacking. It usually means devices and whatnot. And I'm not, and I, and I know that supplements don't fall in there, but essentially supplements are biohacking you know? Um, and so, and we use, we use a lot of supplements. Yeah. Rachel's drinking her supplements. Um, and so those are, those are really a big part of, uh, of what we're doing. That's great. I would say that one of the best ways to wake myself up is, this is kind of like free biohacking stuff, but it's to support my circadian rhythm by early morning sun exposure and also sunset light exposure in my eyes to then help me sleep better. And it's going to help with hormonal regulation. Uh, Some of the best biohacking tricks that I have is actually keeping my hormones regulated. So this is actually uh, supportive of my liver, which is responsible for a lot of our hormone metabolisms. And then I actually find that I'm less hungry throughout the day because my ghrelin and leptin levels, I suspect, are just better regulated so that I'm not going to end up reaching for those foods like sugar or carbs that might end up giving me just this like total downfall of energy afterwards. Uh, Cold plunges are a great way to wake yourself up. It's like having a cup of coffee. (laughs) So I do love that. And yeah, red light therapy for just kind of relaxing because 
I find not only are we dealing with a lot of fatigue right now, both mentally and physically, but I would love to unpack with you, Evan, in your professional opinion, is there even such a thing as soul fatigue? And could it be helpful to maybe notice more of the beauty around us to assist with fatigue and helping to maintain a more positive, radiant and joyful mindset, even amidst all of this chaos around us? Absolutely. And so, you know, when you take a look at all of these, the different levels of healing, you're looking at the physical, the mental, the emotional, the spiritual, the energetic, and the soul falls somewhere in there, right? And so I think it's really important to remember that if you do want complete healing, you have to address all of those things. Right. And so that's why we have a NARM practitioner that focuses, which is neuroaffective, neuroaffective relational model for trauma in different parts of our program, because trauma plays a huge role in how people feel throughout their lives and the stress that they end up taking on in their relationship to the world and to others. And so when you talk about soul fatigue, I think there can be different definitions. I don't have a particular definition, but I think that when you're, when like what you touched on in terms of having happiness and finding resilience during times of stress, like what we have going on right now in the world, it's incredibly important. And that's kind of where things like laughter come into play. You know, I have my guitar right here and I have my music right here for singing and I take voice lessons every week. So there's like, there's certain things that connect me with spirit or connect me with my soul or connect me with my truth or make me happy, right? And so there's certain things that we need to do that are healthy, that we're not necessarily getting this dopamine hit, like we're scrolling through Facebook or, or you know, YouTube is showing us this next video. Though cat videos can definitely be feeding your soul, no doubt about it. I love watching my cat just do all sorts of crazy things. So finding those things and making sure that you are fostering um, a love for yourself and understanding yourself enough in order to be able to really be happy regardless of what's happening around you. You know, and part of that comes from um, having the understanding about what is healthy for you and what is not and removing those things of what is not out of your life. So whether this is food or whether this is relationships or whether this is news or media, you know, the negative friend, like whatever it is, the less of that you have and the more of the joy that you have over here, you know, Hallmark Channel, playing music, right? That's so good for your nervous system, right? And it allows you to really align and to, I believe, be your best self. I was actually going to ask you, um, and you sort of answered it, but like the avoiding of some of the things that are going to drain your energy levels, right? What, like, what kind of practice do you implement in your life or recommend to your clients for how to like stay informed, but also not get sucked into the rabbit hole of all the news that's out there? Because that can be time consuming. It can be soul like destroying sometimes when you're just going through article after article and it's just all this very sensational, upsetting news. And, you know, I think we've all experienced that from time to time of just like feeling drained after that activity. But at the same time, you still want to be informed in what's right. going on in your life. So how do you balance that? It's a great question. 
and it's not easy, but a lot of it comes from mindfulness. So if you're feeling good and then you start to read something that makes you feel bad, you don't read that thing, right? Or you change your relationship to it. It's really hard to be objective with news these days, you know, in terms of your own response. You're gonna have a subjective response, right? And so what I do is I look at headlines and that's it. I know that by the headline, I can stay informed. And if I, and I can also tell by that headline, usually that if I go into that article, I'm gonna be triggered, right? And so I heard Brendan Bouchard speak about this one time. He said, you know, what do we do when we wake up in the morning? We wake up and we look at our phones and oftentimes we're looking at email, which is somebody requesting something from us, right? And so then it's pressure. And then we're looking at Facebook, which is in comparison, everybody, you know, puts all their, what their, how wonderful their life is, right? And you're like, shit, my life isn't that wonderful, right? So then before you even get out of bed in the morning, you feel like crap because there's these demands being made on you and you're in comparison with all these other people who've got a better life than you, right? So if you want to fail at life, do that, right? This is where mindset is such a huge component. And we, and we do this a lot in our programs as well, where I wake up in the morning and I have a gratitude practice. Just three things, three things that I'm grateful for every day. It can be the same th three things. It can be a different three things. And then I go into visioning my ideal life. And this is what's ideal for my health and my relationships and my business and all the people that I'm going to help. But I kind of go through like what my perfect 10 day looks like, right, in my mind. And it's not necessarily today. It could be five years from now, right? But the brain doesn't know the difference between imagination and reality. Right? And there have been studies to show that you, you're, the universe will create your reality based off what you see, based off of what you envision, right? Think and grow rich. I mean, there's all these different ways of, of doing this, right? And then we look, I look at my limiting beliefs. So what's coming up for me that's uncomfortable in my body? And I flip it into empowering beliefs. So if I've got scarcity on time or money or whatever, then I flip it into there's always enough time, there's always enough money, everything is always working out for me, right? And living in that space, once again, that mindfulness and getting in touch with what is that feeling, which is so much more important than the thinking, what is that feeling that I want to feel, right? And because that's really what's going to carry me throughout my day and make me happier. And then the last part of that process is looking at questions. Generally, I learned this from Tony Robbins. Generally, there's one major question that we're asking ourselves. And oftentimes it's, um, at least in my world with people with chronic fatigue, you know, why do I feel like crap? But a better question to ask yourself is what can I do today in order to move my life forward? right? What can I do to, today to love myself even more, right? Ask a better question. And that's really what successful people do is they ask themselves better questions. Because guess what? The brain is a goal achieving machine and you're going to get back the answer that you're looking for. So if you ask, why does my life suck? Guess what? Brain's going to tell you all the reasons why your life sucks, right? But if you ask a question like, what can I do today to move my health forward? Brain's going to tell you, right? So you just have to ask a better question. I wanted to circle back around to this concept of soul fatigue, because I feel like humanity really needs to hear a little bit more of this right now, because you guys are talking about news and headlines and things like that. 
And I feel like it's almost like we always seem to need something to be played to us for our senses, whether it's auditory or visual. But when you were talking about mindfulness, I would be curious to hear your kind of like split of the clients that you work with, how many do mindfulness practices. But really, I wonder if sometimes these mental and physical uh, symptoms of fatigue, and as you guys know, this isn't medical advice, it's educational information only. If you think you have something going on, you must seek the guidance of a licensed physician. But do you think that there's a component of our soul literally being hungry for attention and having that quietness actually see and hear and feel, you're talking about feeling, of what our, our really like our soul and essence really wants and how sometimes when we don't notice those cues, the physical and the mental manifestations of f- fatigue could actually very well be a symptom of that. Absolutely. I think I'm understanding your question. Um, I'll do my best to answer it. So I think, you know, I came from a world where um, it was all about the physical body. You know, medicine, I'm an MD, that's kind of what I was trained in. And then the more that I learned, the more that I realized how important the emotions were, how how important mindset was, and how important mindfulness was. Now, it just so happens that my wife is a meditation teacher and she's a NARM practitioner and she's a mediator and all these things. And so I've learned a lot from her. And mindfulness, just for those of you who aren't necessarily familiar with that definition, is really just paying attention to sensations in your body, right? And that they are, in fact, a guide. And that if you can pay attention to those sensations, you you can really increase your intuition, which is something that I'm working on because my intuition has been crap for the last so many years because I've been so much in my head. But to answer your question, I think that understanding mindfulness and knowing yourself definitely um, is on par with what you're talking about in terms of this soul fatigue and how so many people who have this chronic fatigue, they have lost that connection. And that coming back to that plays a huge role. And so we do have meditation and the NARM practitioner and all these things in order to cultivate mindfulness. Because I do believe also that mindfulness is is going to put you more in your parasympathetic. And we know that when you're in parasympathetic, that you are going to heal better. You're going to heal faster. Um, The body just likes being in that space of rest and digest and rehabilitation as opposed to fight or flight. So let me know whether I answered your question or not, because um, I may need you to re- rephrase it. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm, I think it's something that you as a practitioner, now that I brought it to your awareness, is probably going to become a layer in even how you support your community. So I'm curious how when we maybe circle back around, uh, if your sort of insights to this in even just the next couple of months of maybe bringing this to your community's awareness, you may get some great feedback uh, because I work with a lot of intuitives, a lot of empathic clients, and we're just overstimulated. Our soul wants one thing, but our community and programming is tell- telling us we really should have this instead. Mm-hmm. And we're just so incredibly overstimulated. So where I am, we had massive flooding. The main highway where I live was closed down, mudslides, all this uncertainty you know, already happy, happening in a crazy world. And I know that uh, Katie 
you are in a bit of a transitory situation at the moment too. So I'd love for you to chime in here too. Yeah. I mean, I actually, it's funny because I, no one I think, you know, would look at me and say, oh yeah, this girl has chronic fatigue syndrome because I'm like bouncing off the walls all the time. Like talk about being overstimulated. That's just my personality. It's like, I, I wake up in the morning, cortisol's high. I'm ready to take on the day. I'm running around. Like I get, I use exercise to like energize me and also sometimes have helped me slow down a little bit. Like I'm, I'm high, strong, very type A, you know, and recently, you know, as I'm, we're transitioning from living in Hawaii and we're moving back to California in a couple of weeks, I got hit very hard this week with a bout of fatigue that I've never experienced before in my life. And it, and I just came back from this amazing retreat where we were traveling and I got so much excitement and we were talking about wellness and business and all these things that was that my dopamine was so high and I didn't even check my phone for like four days. Like it was so, I was so in the moment and I came back and I was ready to kick ass and then I got stuck and I'm having a really hard time getting past that. And this is not the first time this has happened to me. This usually happens when I'm in a transitional state of knowing something's coming to an end and knowing something new is beginning. And that weird limbo that I think you know, we can kind of refer to as that like middle place of like, I'm not really here, but I'm not really there. How do you recommend people get past that and be able, you know, and I know it kind of comes down to being more mindful and being in the moment, but sometimes it's just not easy. Sometimes you just can't get out of your head because you're like, there's so much going on in your body and your mind about moving and transitioning and and the fatigue is just like a coping mechanism because you're like, I'm really tired and I just don't want to do anything right now. Mm -hmm. How do you, how do you like move past that? How do you get yourself motivated again in the moment? So what I do and what I've seen is that it's really this balance of acceptance and, and then also pushing forward. And what I would say is coming back to the mindset component, it's the gratitude for where you are. And then it's the envisioning for where you want to be, right? And it is uncomfortable to hold both of those things. But I bet you'll find that in your body, in those moments, if you express gratitude for that and you thank your body for telling you to slow down because it's a little bit confused or, you know, it's having trouble holding both of those things, that oftentimes there can be a release. You know, sometimes just by stopping, paying attention to how you're feeling inside um, for, 90 seconds or so will just just dissipate the feeling that you're currently having, right? But it's holding those two, two things that are really important no matter where you are on your healing journey, no matter what condition that you have, where you need to have acceptance for where you're at, you need to have gratitude because there is something that this condition is teaching you. With fatigue, it's teaching you to slow down, right? And so, and that's been the major gift. You know, I had chronic fatigue for five years and that's really what it did for me. My wife had chronic fatigue for three years, you know, and she was working and she had a business where she would go to sleep at, you know, 10 or 11 or 12. And then she'd wake up at three and she'd just start working again because she just loved the work that she was doing. Right. And so no wonder she got fatigue. Right. So it, it's off, it's going to be teaching you lessons. And so that's where you have to have that acceptance and that gratitude. But then you also need to know where you're going, right? If you don't have, if you don't know where you're going, how are you going to get there, 
right? So you have to envision what that ideal day looks like when you're in Cali and you're in your home and it's all um, set up the way that you want to and you're feeling great and you know all these things are aligned and you're just just hold that vision. And anytime that you have a challenge, hold that vision and have gratitude for the moment. That is so beautifully said. I actually took like furiously took down some notes there because I think the vision thing is so spot on. We often get caught up in how we feel right now and we can't even get past that. Mm -hmm. But I think sometimes when you create that vision for yourself, you start talking about that vision out loud, you manifest it in some way, like it, you're already then living it, right? Like right. then it becomes part of you in the moment. So I will definitely let you know how those practices come into yeah. play over the next few weeks. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. I'd love to add a layer to this. And then I really want you to get into the nuts and bolts of what is fatigue, what is long haulers, how do we know when we have it? But the layer I wanted to add to this, and I see this with skin and, and diseases and all sorts of things. People say it's my fatigue or my headaches or my cramps or you know, the list goes on. And I think we have to be very careful with our word choices with these kinds of topics so as to not reinforce these somewhat negative attributes. So I'd love for you to expand on how important word choices and mindset, like what you said with your wife, she had fatigue, she had chronic fatigue. So I'm curious if you can shed some light on that. And then let's just get into it. How does somebody know if they have fatigue or long haulers? Sure. Well, and to go after that, uh, that first example with my wife, ta always talking about things as whatever you want is, is here and now, and whatever you don't want is in the past, right? So the example that you mentioned was that my wife had fatigue in the past. I had fatigue in the past. Um, but you can use it really for anything like that. And word choice is huge. You know, words have frequency. Um, there's there's such a, an important part of, of, of how we express ourselves, even though we're limited by our language, right? Um, but making sure that when you're using words, I heard this the other day, was don't use I have to or um, I need to or I should, right? Should use I get to, right? It really changes the way that you are dealing with that particular thing. All of a sudden, it's something that you're choosing because in life, it really is you have a choice. You have lots of choices, right? And so just realize that you are choosing that thing. And if you don't want that thing, then you need to be choosing something else. The reason I wanted to ask you that is because I actually see an overlap with skin. When I work one-on-one -on -one with clients, like, oh, you know, my acne scars, my age spots, my wrinkles. And I like to encourage a different reframing of it, more of these types of word choices. Oh, uh, there is an acne scar or a couple of scars on my face I'd like to do something about. Or this last summer... I developed some some age spots. I'd like to take care of that. Or, uh, you know, there there are some wrinkles on my face that I, you know, some of them I love, but there's a couple I'd, I'd like to deal with. So I don't know if you're picking up on, on what I'm kind of trying to get at there, but I think that that could just be a nice little mindset switch as well. I'm not picking up what you're throwing down. I need you to be a little bit more specific. 
<laughs> I just, I feel like when people say, oh, my acne scars are just kind of reinforcing it mm-hmm. as, as opposed to using the word choices of there are some acne scars on, on my skin that I would like to deal with. So it's not having like ownership of those qualities that we might not uh, see as desirable. Katie, I'd love for you to chime yeah, in. Yeah. I think you're talking about like identity, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and, and this is not going back to Joe Dispenza, but like I've learned a lot from his work in the past, you know, few months since I started his courses. When you remove yourself from your own identity and you sort of go into what he calls like the void where you become nobody, no one, no time, all of a sudden when you kind of come back into your body, you realize that all these artificial things that you say or superficial things about yourself and your own identity is a limiting belief. And if you keep reinforcing those things, you know, just like you can say positive things and it then can, you know, affect your life in one way. Same thing goes with saying the negative things about yourself, right? Like I'm never going to be good enough. I'm never going to get past this like hurdle in my life. Like the more that you, you add these different layers of complexity to your identity, the more you get sucked into, like, I have to hold on to this because it's part of my identity. It's like, and you don't, you don't need to, you can let all of that go, you know? And then, and it's hard because I don't, I think like this takes years and years of work to understand and unpack. I'm just starting, but I think a lot of what Rachel's talking about is these identity issues as it relates to your skin, your mood, your fatigue, all of these different aspects of your life. If you are holding on to it as part of your core identity, then it's really hard to let it go. Right. No, I definitely agree with that. I think I think that there's, you know, two sides to the coin. I definitely see that side. The challenge that I see more so with people not taking ownership over their lives. Right? And so then that's that's where people are divorcing themselves necessarily from their symptoms and they're blaming their symptoms or they're blaming their bodies, right? As opposed to saying, okay, I'm in this body. I'm going to do my darndest in order to make it the best body that I can, right? Where they still can't, the identity thing is huge. So I'm definitely not dismissing that at all. But I think that there's, I think you have to hold both where you have to realize that you are not your body and that you can choose whatever identity you want and you should choose one that's actually going to be supportive for you and you need to take ownership over your life and make sure that you you have agency that you have you are you are stepping into um, taking responsibility for your life one of the things i want to talk to you about um because i i was looking at your website and this is kind of a nice little plug for your course but you have a course called you know fix your fatigue and it was really interesting for me to see these three traits that you say you are must have for the people that join. So one of them is you need to be committed. The other one is you need to be decisive. And the third is you need to be coachable. And the reason I bring this up is because I know a lot of people who are walking around probably with undiagnosed chronic fatigue that refuse to accept that this is anything more than life. Oh, well, Mm -hmm. this is just the way I feel. This is just the way it is. I can't do anything about it, you know? And I, I wonder like, how do we reach those people and get, and is it even our place to kind of say, Hey, you know, you don't have to feel this way. 
it's not, you're not like bound to feel this way, but I think there's so many people out there that are not tuned into their bodies, tuned into the understanding that they can change because they feel like this is just my lot in life. This is my genetics. This is how I feel. This is how everyone else feels. So, but you know, how do you show them the light and then get them to actually do something? Yeah, I'm glad you brought this up. You know, the, the first step really is awareness, you know, and so somebody has fatigue if they have tiredness that's not relieved by rest. Like, you shouldn't be tired. That's that's the bottom line, right? You don't have to be diagnosed with chronic fatigue syndrome or whatever, myalgic encephalitis, whatever. If you don't feel well, you need to ask for help, right? And you need to have that awareness. You know, if you are surviving on caffeine, that is a problem, right? What happens if you don't get your multiple cups of joe, you know, or your pop or whatever it is, your five-hour energy, right? So that first step really is awareness. And I think that's a big part of our job because a lot of people are suffering and it, and it's because of they're ignoring a number of these symptoms or they're pushing through, right? As humans, we're, con- we're, we're told, and this is very interesting because I've got a 13-year-old who we're homeschooling. So I have to catch myself all the time on all this stuff that I've been patterned by around, I say, you know, you do the stuff that you need to do so you can do the stuff that you want to do right? Is that true? Right? I don't know. You know, I have to keep questioning these things. Like, what is it about, you know, how do we kind of like rephrase that to understand what it is that we really need to be, um, you know, telling our kids? What is that reflection on ourselves, you know, that we really need to be understanding around pushing ourselves. This is a huge problem that we see with people who have chronic fatigue and long haulers is that perfectionism and pushing ourselves is one of those major things. And at some point along the path, we were told that we needed to push ourselves and that, and we had some success or we got some kudos for it. And now we think that we should just, we shouldn't listen to our bodies and that we should just keep pushing ourselves. Right. So, you know, where I think I, this stems from not to interrupt, but I think this stems from school schooling, honestly, because mm-hmm. I, I, I can't help but think that when I was a kid, there was all of this pressure to like get your final exams done. And then it was summer break to get that final paper. And then it was summer break. Like, so there was this like, you know, work really, really hard, very for like a very short period of time. And then you get this rest. And so we like if we structuring our life like that forever, what's going to happen? We're like becoming robotic. And then we're always looking for that rest, but that rest never comes because we never give it to ourselves. Yeah. And you know, that's actually, it's interesting you say that because one of the things that I'm working on is actually scheduling my effing vacations because I am not good about scheduling vacations because I think that I'm going to miss out on something or something's going to happen in the business or, you know, whatever it is, I feel like I need to be on top of things. And so that's one of the things that I'm working on because I pushed myself and granted I've gotten through medical school by pushing myself. I've, I've created a successful business. I've helped lots of people. Right. So, you know, I tell people like you want your doctor, you want your surgeon to be a perfectionist because you're going to get the absolute best care, but it's not healthy for them. So it's kind of one of these things that I, that I hold and that I'm trying to evolve past still being the best that I can be and yet not pushing my way through it so that, um, you know, I don't perpetuate or I don't get my fatigue back. 
right? And that's really what ends up happening when you when you push through is you damage your adrenals, which are responsible for your stress response, and it damages the mitochondria, which produces 80 to 90% of our energy, right? And so that's kind of one of the major things that we see with people who have uh, fatigue and long haulers. I would love to just, you know, get real with everybody tuning into the show here. I, uh, I had a conversation with my husband yesterday he's like, Rachel, I'm noticing you're taking like quite a bit of time off. Like you're doing like your off grid days, like sometimes two times a week now. I mean, granted what I do is I'll work in the morning and then probably around 12 or one o'clock, then I'll go into the woods. But sometimes like say I've been on a really big podcast and then I'm just slammed then I won't really do that quite as much. So I was, it was just great timing because I was trying to explain to him that I don't live for the weekend. I live for life. So the way that I've structured my business and the way that I show up for my clients and audiences here is that it is a little bit more in kind of an ebb and flow state. So that's how I don't burn out. That's how I prevent fatigue. And when I am tired, what do I do? I actually clear my schedule because I won't want to interact with people if I'm not really feeling myself. And I notice that uh, I am a little bit more tired and fatigued, especially during different electromagnetic influences like solar flares, different things happening in the world. So I will kind of go in hermit mode. And I think that this is a really important skill for people to learn to cultivate, to not just slog through it and push through it to get to that end result. It's like, enjoy this life in the process along the way. And what you mentioned before, Evan, is grace, knowing when you need to take those times for yourself. Because what's going to happen is if you're interacting with people when you're not in a good headspace, say you're getting interference from, you know, the collective, if you will, you're not going to be having the great communication, you might end up talking to people in a way that you'll end up regretting later. And then what it's going to what is it going to do, you're going to be anxious, you're going to have fatigue around that. So how do we all address and prevent fatigue? What's everyone's tips and tricks here. I'd love to get into this. So I think in terms, so in terms of addressing fatigue, so I have a four-step process. And so the, the first step is always to figure out the causes that somebody has. So, and I've found that there's 33 different causes of fatigue. And those causes can really be broken up into deficiencies and toxicities. Deficiencies are things that are not in the body that are supposed to be in the body. These are things like hormones, mitochondria, vitamins, minerals, nutrients, neurotransmitters, lifestyle habits, so not enough water, not enough good sleep, not enough good food, not enough good movement, right? And then the toxicities are things that are in the body that aren't supposed to be. So these are heavy metals, chemicals, molds, infections, allergies, negative emotional patterns, electromagnetic fields, right? So I always like to start with what is the cause? Or in this case, what are the causes? Because there are always multiple causes. And everybody who has fatigue and long haulers, and those are two different things, but we're kind of putting them together because oftentimes we can talk about them together. But people who have fatigue and long haulers, they have around 20 of those 33 different causes. And everybody has a different combination of those. Now with long haulers, we know you got the C virus, right? But with some of these others, you're not really sure which they are, you know, those 33 that I just mentioned. 
right? Now, fortunately, 75% of those 33 can be determined by symptoms alone. So one of the things we do in step one is we have people go through the questionnaire and they can find out 75% of their causes, usually in the first hour. And then they know which 25% they actually need to get labs for, right? So that's the first step is to figure out the causes that they have. The second step is to replace the deficiencies. So this is the adrenals and the thyroid and the mitochondria. Those are the things I call the big three that are really the biggest needle movers. And then it's the nutrients and the lifestyle habits and all of those things. And you'll notice that I don't talk about lifestyle habits first because a lot of people that I'm seeing, they can't actually change their lifestyle habits because they're too damn tired, right? So we boost them up, make them feel good first, and then they can change their lifestyle habits. And then in step three, we start to open up the detoxification or the drainage pathways, the liver, the kidney, the lymph, the intestines, the brain lift, not all, not in that order. We always want to open the intestines first and work our way up. But we want to make sure that those pathways are open so that when we go into step four and start removing these toxicities, they have some place to go. If you grab heavy metals, chemicals, molds, infections, whatever, bring it into one of these pathways that, that needs to get out of the body, guess what? You're not gonna have success if those pathways are clogged. And the reality is, is that this process is all about these toxicities in step four, but you have to do step two and step three in order to be successful in step four right? Because all these step four things are actually causing 90% of the deficiencies and dysfunctions in step two. The, like we talked about with the adrenals, thyroid, mitochondria, vitamins, minerals, all these things end up getting deficient because you have heavy metals, chemicals, molds, and infections in the body, right? I'm, so that's how I'd go yeah. through that process. Go ahead. I'm curious because I have uh, quite a few friends who are dealing with stuff like this. Um, one is has been battling Lyme disease for mm quite a few years that doesn't really ever go away. It's just like symptoms flare up over time and can get worse or better. I have another person who's dealing with uh, Hashimoto's and he actually just got like a ton of mold testing and like, you know, and neurotransmitter like deficiencies. And it's just like fascinating because there's so much out there and there's so many different tests you can take. How do you guide people on that like testing path so that they're not because insurance doesn't pay for a lot of this, unfortunately, right. right? Because of the way the medical system is set up in the United States. But um, that being said, uh, how do you determine what is absolutely necessary for people to test and what's not? And then a follow-up to that is what, it, what do you gauge for a timeline for people? Because I'm sure there are some people that might be able to implement all this stuff in a couple months and start feeling better within that time frame other people, it might take a couple of years. And so do you give people that kind of expectation up front? Like this might take longer than you expect, or it might not. And, uh, and so, yeah, so first question would be kind of the testing. And then the second part would be the timeline. Sure. And I would also say in terms, you know, with Lyme and Hashimoto's and some of these things that you mentioned, everybody who has fatigue has some degree of autoimmunity you know, which is what these things are that you're kind of talking about, not Lyme, that's an actual infection. Um, but the thing is that, and autoimmunity is basically just the immune system reacting to something in the body that's not supposed to be there. And that's all these things in step four that we talked about, all these toxicities, right? So there's lots of causes for Hashimoto's. It can be infections, it can be heavy metals, it can be chemicals, molds, it's all these other things, right? 
And in terms of and in terms of Lyme, you know, really 90% of our cells really are bug cells. 10% are human cells. Right? It always kind of amazes people to think about that. But we actually have a beautiful symbiosis with these bugs. Now, sometimes you get a big inoculation from kissing somebody or a tick or a mosquito or something like that where you get a particular infection. But most of the time, it's the straw that broke the camel's back. We see a lot of people with Lyme. Um, and so oftentimes, it's because they have these 20 different causes. Right? There's plenty of people who've been bitten by a tick who don't end up with Lyme disease. Right? And why is that? Well, they don't have heavy metals, chemicals, molds, other infections, negative emotional patterns, et cetera, et cetera. Right? So that's, that's that. Then in terms of the testing, so the 25% that people really need testing on are heavy metals, chemicals, and molds. And with molds, you need two testing. You need to make sure that you're not living in mold. You need testing in your environment. And then you also need to test in your body and make sure that you don't have mycotoxins in your body. And the best testing really is direct measurements. So you don't really want to look for the immune system's reaction to something. You, in a blood test, what you want to look for, and let's take mold, for example, you want to look for mycotoxins in your body. Right, you're not going to get a false positive on that one. You're going to be able to see what you know the actually the mycotoxins in your body. So if you do a urine test that's going to measure mycotoxins, you're going to actually see if there's mycotoxins in your body, which are mold toxins, the toxins that mold produces. Right, so that's one that's one of those tests. And then the, with heavy metals and chemicals, it's the same sort of thing. You want to measure those chemicals in your urine. You want to actually with heavy metals, we recommend taking a chelating agent, which basically um, binds to some of these heavy metals, which live in the tissues, because you can't just measure it in the urine. You need something that's going to bind to them in the tissues, pull it into the bloodstream so that you can actually measure it in the um, in the urine. So um, those, you want direct measurements. You don't want to look at the immune system's reaction. Like with Lyme disease, oftentimes people will do like a Western blot test or an ELISA test, which is the looking at the immune system's reaction to the bug, right? So if your immune system's dysfunctional, guess what? That test isn't going to work. Right? And then there's PCR tests, which is looking at the DNA of the bug. But if the bug lives in the tissues and you're measuring the urine and you haven't pushed the bug out of the tissues, guess what? You're not going to find it. Right. So that's why it's so important to use the symptoms that you have. You know, somebody can't really have Borrelia, which is the main infection that causes Lyme. If they don't have symptoms that move around the body, like electrical symptoms, like nerve symptoms, joint pain, muscle pain that moves around the body, like today it's here and then next week it's here, and symptoms that come and go, where some days are better than others. Usually it's bad days and worse days, right? But then there's also these other infections like Bartonella, where you're getting pain on the bottom of the feet or muscle cramps in the calves, usually at night, problems sleeping, anxiety, depression, or things like Babesia, which is considered the North American malaria that will cause shortness of breath, awful sleep to the point of like not sleeping at all during the night, um, anxiety to the point of panic attacks, depression to the point of suicidal thoughts. So you can, and then spontaneous sweating, right? So you can really look at a lot of these symptoms and determine which infection you have based off of your symptoms. Like that's where the testing really doesn't help. And I tell people, all testing is imperfect. You have to combine the symptoms, the history, in order to determine what somebody has. And for 75% of those causes that we look at, you don't really need the tests.
the lab tests, right? So I, I, when I lecture to, to uh, other physicians, I say, if you lean on your tests too hard or too far, right, you're going to fall over. So you have to always remember that. And that's what we also learned in even in conventional medical school, like 90% of the diagnosis comes from history and symptoms. The rest are labs and physical exam. And we forget about that. I think that fatigue and all of this is, it's such a multifactorial kind of issue. So that's why I think that it's so difficult for practitioners to number one, diagnose things, but then also to create a plan to address it. That's why we're bringing people like Dr. Evan Hirsch here on the show to help you to cultivate your team of healers. It's like work with work with the best, right? Like Dr. Evan Hirsch, he's an expert in fatigue. Katie knows biohacking like the back of her hand. I know skin and rejuvenation, the ins and outs of it. And the funny thing is you mentioned something about autoimmunity, uh, and the, the the one thing that breaks the camel's back, we actually see this in rejuvenation procedures. So in my last uh, published articles on different jawline uh, periocular eye rejuvenation, I actually mentioned in there to not not treat those with underlying autoimmune conditions or that aren't in a healthy space uh, because they'll have, those are the, those are the individuals that are probably going to have the side effects and adverse events and things like that. So kind of what I'm getting at here and unpacking from you is that the same type of lifestyle diet testing, that's also going to reduce your fatigue, maybe address things like long haulers is going to generally reduce inflammation in the body. You're going to have better skin in the process. Your whole aging process is also going to be improved as well. So isn't that funny? There's no such thing as like a skin diet or lifestyle. There's no such thing as a fatigue <laughs> diet or lifestyle or brain optimizing or cardiovascular. Uh, what's, what's your take on that? Well, I, you know, that, that last comment is an interesting one. I, I think that, you know, certain parts of the body um, may require different diets. You know, the brain is 60% fat, right? And so you might want, you know, a little bit more fat in your diet in order to be able to help with brain health. But I, I know where you're going. And it, the reality is, is that if you eat clean, if you're eating mainly vegetables and a little bit of protein, and little to no grains and sugars, right? You're gonna be more successful in life. Like your body's gonna be healthier, right? So, and in terms of like, so, and I think you were asking also about why it's so hard to treat these things, right? So fatigue and long haulers in this case. And a lot of it has to do with our focus on treatments, unfortunately, and, our, and forgetting about the causes. People want the latest and greatest treatment, which sometimes, you know, with biohacking, it kind of gets us in trouble, right? It's like, oh, I'm going to go get a sauna and I'm just going to sauna the heck out of myself. And unfortunately, a lot of people, because saunas will kill infections and saunas can cause die off, which actually makes you feel worse and damages your hormones and your nutrients and your mitochondrial function, right? Um, because you think you're detoxifying and you're doing yourself a favor and, and you may not be, right? So it all comes back to those causes. Now, the, the reason why it's so hard to treat sometimes is because everybody's got different causes, right? So of those 20 plus causes, somebody's got causes one, three, five, seven, nine. I've got, I had causes two, four, six, eight, and 10, right? There's gonna be different treatments that you're going to need to match up with those causes. So taking high dose vitamin C or hyperbaric oxygen or ozone or B12 or whatever it is, if you haven't actually looked at whether or not somebody has a particular cause that that's going to treat, 
you're not going to be successful. So that's that's one of those things. The other thing too is that not enough doctors, whether they're functional or natural or conventional or whatever, are looking at all of these causes. So oftentimes people will say, you know, I've checked heavy metals or I've, you know, I've replaced all the deficiency. I mean, usually they're really good at replacing all the deficiencies, you know, especially if you're more natural and whatnot. But oftentimes they may be putting a toe into the toxicity. So there are, are those functional docs who are dressing heavy metals, but they're not going to look at chemicals or molds or infections. You know, there are people like, I don't want to touch that stuff because it's complex. And yeah, it is complex. But guess what? If you've got migraine headaches, guess who you're going to be most successful seeing? A migraine headache specialist who does that all day long. And the same thing goes for fatigue and long haulers and skin conditions and all those other things, right? So um, so that's why it's so hard to treat uh, fatigue and long haulers. But mainly, it's a, when you look at it simply, it's find the causes that you have and match them up with the correct treatments that are actually going to work for those causes, right? This is fantastic. And I think it all stems back to what we've talked continuously on since like day one on this podcast, which is there is no one size fits all protocol to anything in life that goes for skin health, that goes for diet, that goes for energy and treating things like chronic fatigue. So I think this is a very prevalent uh, discussion that I really hope a lot of our listeners are going to find immense value from. I certainly have myself. I'm sure Rachel has too. And this is great because it gives people an option to work with someone like yourself. And you guys can find all of this information on fixyourfatigue.com if they're dealing with these kind of issues and knowing that they're getting the most highly specialized and almost like algorithmic technology. Like you're looking at like, all of these different, you know, 20 different root causes. Like I never even thought about that, but you guys have done the research and you can really help strategize with people based on what their symptoms and causes are, and then put together a comprehensive plan for testing and treating. So that's amazing. I am so grateful that we had you on the show today to kind of clear up some of this stuff, because I think a lot of us just bucket into fatigue and it's certainly much more complicated than that. So thank you so much. Any closing words, any closing thoughts and other places that we can find you? So, well, I'm everywhere on social media. So, you know, come check me out. I think that, you know, the most important thing is for people to have that awareness around being tired. Like you don't have to live with being tired, no matter who you are, right? And there are treatments that can really help and change your life. I mean, think about how your life would be different if you weren't tired, right? All the things that you can do, relationships to family, travel, like all of these things, right? So what you need to do is you just need to get that one good question in your mind, right? What can I do today to move my health forward? And you need to be in action. You know, people who are most successful in life take imperfect action right? So you go on our website, you learn some information. If, you, if it feels like you want to take the next step and get on a free call with us to see if you're a good fit for any of our programs, we have those free calls available. You know, take action, explore, whether it's with me, whether it's another practitioner, see who you jive with, see who makes sense to you. 
um, and and take action and just keep taking action because that's the way that you're going to be most successful. And and just so people know, our programs are international in the online space. I operate as a coach, and so about a third of everybody is that we work with is actually outside of the United States. And we have stores for labs and supplements in the U.S. and the U.K. and the European Union and New Zealand. So you can get help no matter where you are. Thank you, Dr. Evan Hirsch, for being on the show here with Katie and I on the Beauty and the Biohacker podcast. You can always learn more about Katie and I at beautyandthebiohacker.com. You can find the show notes for this episode at beautyandthebiohacker.com forward slash blog and ways to work with all of us are going to be listed on that website and then in the description notes of this episode. Thanks everybody for hanging out. This is a really fun conversation and be sure to subscribe here on the podcast and subscribe on YouTube and hit that bell notification and share this episode with a friend or family member or someone in your community, maybe two or three people that you think could benefit from working with Dr. Evan Hirsch and listening to this episode right here on the Beauty and the Biohacker podcast. Have a great rest of the day, everybody. Thank you guys so much for tuning into Beauty and the Biohacker today. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to leave a comment or share it on your social media account and we'll give you a shout out. And don't forget to head over to Beauty and the Biohacker biohacker.com to check out all our episodes and our favorites page where we include our curated list of products with special discount codes just for you guys. And while you're there, sign up for our newsletter because we're sharing some exclusive content and giveaways you won't want to miss.